Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Got each other on our side, plus all the folks at Fried the Burnout Podcast with Kate Donovan. You're listening to season six of Fried the Burnout Podcast with your host, Kate Donovan. Fried exists to hashtag end burnout culture to help listeners release any shame, blame, guilt, or judgment that you have about burning out, and to create spontaneous moments of healing through recognition of shared humanity with other people who have experienced burnout and lived to tell the tale. Fried and its associated Facebook group are free resources provided for you from our hearts. Our paid work includes keynote speaking and one-on-one coaching. You can find information about that at katedonovan.com. And now, here is this week's Healing Packed episode. Hello, Fried fam. We have a very special episode for you today. We are doing a hashtag straight from Kate and Sarah. You get both of us today, both of your friendly burnout coaches. (laughs) It's like Casper the Friendly Ghost that went through my mind when I was saying that. (laughs) The things that happen in my brain. Welcome to my brain. Today, Sarah and I are coming on together because we have not done anything together in a long time. We recently posted a short video in the Facebook group of a conversation we were having just during one of our planning sessions, and we realized that it might be useful to all of you to hear us both, see the way we're thinking about things, etc. So what we're going to do today, which is different than our norm is answer a few of the questions that have either come up in the Facebook group recently or come up in the Facebook group very frequently. Sarah is a fried coach. She's also my bestie, and she's amazing. She runs our group program at Fried. She runs the group coaching programs at Fried. So um, I trust her implicitly with all things. And I am on the video um, putting my hands the wrong way because the (laughs) videos are mirrored. So... (laughs) Yeah, it's a little strange. What, what are we doing? Revoking? <laughs> going backwards. So we're going to just jump right into it because if you want to know who Sarah is, you can look her up on my website and you can look me up on my website and we don't need to do these big intros right now. So first question that comes up all the time in the Facebook group is sounds something like this. How do I make the most of my burnout recovery? Or it sounds like I have three weeks off. I want my rest to be really productive. And this always makes me giggle a little because productive rest is sort of, yeah, it's an oxymoron. It's a little paradoxical. Of course, I do think rest is actually productive. So on one hand, it totally makes sense. But in the moment, the person that is asking that question is in burnout and saying, I just want to do this recovery really well. Right. So, so it, it usually starts with one of us saying, okay, well, let's start with rest, but can you jump in a little bit? Like what happens in your brain when you see somebody say like, I have three weeks, I want to be healed by the time it's over. What do I do? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll start by saying, yeah, I thought that two weeks was going to be enough. And one month was going to be way excess amount of time. And it's just not enough time. It's, it's a 
burnout recovery requires like a different way of being, different way of doing, like a different mode of operation, right? And so when we come, when we aim to come into rest in the same way we try to produce and get shit done, it's a very different energy. In order to actually rest, we kind of need this being energy. We need to be resting for it to be productive. You know what I mean? So it's the opposite of how we've been doing things on our way to peak burnout. And unfortunately, you can't just decide. You can't just say, now I'm resting when you've been in this mode for so long. At least I couldn't. I mean, I was running on it, literally running on adrenaline. I confirmed with blood work when I tried to rest, I couldn't sit still. And I was like, what is happening? So a lot of times when you have these few weeks, you want to say ready, set, rest. And your body can't go from literally doing, 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 doing to not. There, it you, But your body requires transition and usually some sort of outside support and internal intention to shift gears is what I find, right? So you kind of sometimes got to meet yourself in that busy frazzle and like still be moving throughout the day to meet that kind of stressful energy. Maybe you'd start doing things around the house for a little bit if you feel like you can't sit down. If you want to just crash into your bed and sleep for 16 hours, do it by all means. But if you're in this place where you're like, I want to rest, but again, and I don't know what to do with myself, do things. Do but things. let's talk about the difference between being restless because you're running on adrenaline, which feels really a lot like coffee in your system. Yeah. Right. So you're the, the difference between restlessness because you're running on adrenaline and restlessness because you feel guilty sitting down. Oh, Those yes. are two very different physical experiences. Right. If you just want to sit down and then you're sitting there like beating yourself up because you think you should be doing something else, but your physical body doesn't actually want to move and kind of can't. Please say hello, guilt. I know why you're here, but I don't need you right now. <laughs> this is what I need right now. I need to sit here and do whatever. Just sit or drink tea or read a book or stare out the window. I think the acknowledgement of saying, yeah, hey, guilt, like, hey, what's going on? Hey, I see you're here. I see you're here and you are making me uncomfortable and I'm going to rest anyway. So one of the things that I find is that people want to oh, get their energy back have no judgment, have no guilt, do all their recovery and do and all of these things all at once. And the chance is that if you are a person who tends toward feeling guilty when you're not being productive, the chances that you will be able to sit down and not feel guilty are like zilch. You're gonna feel guilty. So a lot of burnout recovery happens in these spaces where you learn to sit with feeling uncomfortable, making other people uncomfortable, sometimes disappointing other people, right? There's, there's this practice of being be uncomfortable for making yourself uncomfortable. Like yes. the layers of uncomfortability are there for sure. Yeah. Right. So you might need to really sit there and say, I'm going to feel guilty because I can't change that right now. I don't have the, the oomph to, I don't know how. 
to just change the way I feel. Most of us don't. There are some people out there that would give you some techniques, and I get that. And on, I don't necessarily want you to just eliminate it. I want you to understand that you can sit and rest and feel guilty and still be okay. You can feel guilty and be okay at the same time. When I say no to things, I've gotten real good at saying no to things over the years. I still feel guilty sometimes, but I'd rather feel guilty than resentful, right? This is, uh, Gabor Mate says, um, when you are faced with the choice of guilt or resentment, choose resentment, uh, choose guilt every time. Right. Because guilt will pass. Resentment eats at you. Absolutely. Um, you know, we're not taught it's okay to feel any of these kinds of like guilt, resentment, yeah. anger, even sadness, you know, like anxiety, like all those things are labeled as not okay. So we tend to try to like ignore them or say, or judge ourselves for having them rather than saying, hello, I am anxious and acknowledge it and say, I'm anxious and I'm going to do whatever this thing is, or I'm, I feel guilty and I'm going to rest and see what happens. Yeah, you'll be what shocked that acknowledge it. It, yeah. it is a useful thing, even though you're not do you know doing more with it. You're just acknowledging it. Hello, yeah. <laughs> hello, guilt. You yes. are here. And emotions shift always. The only thing that's ever been true about emotions is that they are constantly changing. So if you just let it be, at some point it will transform into something else without you even really doing much of anything. When you are in a non-burnt out state and you have the energy to exercise, oftentimes moving your physical body will help an emotion move through more quickly, right? So that, that's, a, that's an overall decent way to do it. Breathing can do that. Meditation can do that. There are techniques to help things move through more quickly. But when you're burnt out, I really would love for you to learn that you'll be okay if you feel a little bit guilty for a little while. Like this is not going to be the thing that kills you. Avoiding that feeling and continuing to do instead of rest so that you don't feel that feeling, that is going to, that is the thing that burns you out. Not feeling the feeling. The guilt isn't the problem. The avoidance of the guilt is the problem. Right. This reminds me of something else someone posted in the Facebook group um, just this week, which was like, Anybody else hearing a big loud, I don't want to Yeah, their insides constantly. And I was like, yeah, my insides were tantruming. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to for a long time before I acknowledged that there was a lot of my insides did not want to do what I was doing anymore. It wasn't working. It was destroying me. So yeah, I don't want to. And then I decided, what if I actually allow myself not to? And ask myself, what do I want to do instead? And I think that's a great way to to deal with your recovery is listen to like, you know, what is like, what are your insides saying to you? And what do you want instead? And just try to give yourself that thing and see what happens. Yeah. And sometimes you're in a place where you say, I don't want to go to work, but you haven't quit your job and you need the money. So you got to get up and go to work. But that doesn't mean that you have to do every single thing that you don't want to do. So if you're having an overall, I don't want to, I don't want to, then that's cool. Find the things that you can get rid of because I'm sure there's a couple of them. 
right? Like spend some time figuring out what things you really don't even have to, and then get rid of those so that at least the burden of I don't want to becomes less. Like right now, I have been extremely busy for the past year and a half. Doing school has just made me busy. I have 20 to 25. I thought it was 15 to 20 hours of schoolwork a week. It's not. It's 20 to 25. And on top of that, I'm running Fried and creating new programs and doing a speaking business and writing a book and doing all the things like, hi, burnout coach, slow down. The difference is there's not really a thing I don't want to do. The only thing that I don't want to right now is is the uh, the continuousness of it, but it's not the actually it's not the actual things anymore. When I was burnt out, I did not wanna any of the goddamn things. Well, now I want to do all the things. Right. I just now the things you you have chosen yes. to invest your resources yes. and your time and your energy are aligned with your values. Yes, right, and they and and like you have boundaries around them. And, you know, they, they are in place for a very intentional reason, right? Yeah. Which is why we do coaching to help you, the listener, get to define these things for yourself. What do you actually want to, what do you want to? Yeah. And we don't spend a lot of time asking that question. Um, I did a, an in-person event for a group of burnt out moms um, here local to me in Jersey. And um, I wasn't allowed to prep for it. I was told to uh, be in the circle and then speak from the heart. And as I was sitting there and it was sort of like prepping to be my time to speak, I, the only thing that I could think about was how, um, you know, there's a right way to fold towels. <laughs> right. And and I grew up in a um, in a household that folds towels in threes and then puts the Right. That right. And then that the the circular edge goes on the outside so that it looks pretty on the outside. And when I moved to Poland, um, the bath bathrooms are smaller, houses are small, everything is smaller in Europe. And I uh, tried to fold my towels that way and they didn't fit in my cabinet. And it took me almost a year and a half to realize that I could fold towels differently. So that I wouldn't be annoyed <laughs> about how they fit in my cabinet. I was like, oh, these European cabinets, bah, instead of just folding the towel in a different way. Right. Instead of adapting to the cabinet. Yeah, exactly. So I think sometimes it's important to remember that a lot of the things that are on the I don't want a list are folding towels a certain way because your mother folded towels that way or folding towels because your mother never folded towels. So you're either, your, your actions are either because you were taught to do them or you're doing them differently in spite of someone. You never actually took the time to stop and ask if the way that you're living and the way that you're doing things and the way that you're striving for success has anything to do with who you are or what you want. And right. you have to figure that out. Do you want to fold the towels that way? Do they fit in your cabinet? Because if they don't, you can spend a lot of time being mad about that, but it's not going to get you anywhere. And I promise you, you'll feel better if you just roll the fucking towels. <laughs> <laughs> right? This is a silly thing, but it just brings up this idea that a lot of things that you're doing are on autopilot 
which is normal. This is a normal human brain shortcut thing we do because it makes sense. But at some point, if you reach burnout, you have to sit down and say, what things are on autopilot? Like, are you obsessed with making sure you cook a full breakfast for your children every day because you think that's the quote unquote right answer? Like, maybe you need to let that go. Maybe you need to be okay with cereal a couple times a week just so that you have your sanity back. Right. Because if there's one thing that needs to happen in order to recover from burnout is having some space, Mm. having some time, having, getting some resources back, right? Like time, energy, money, when we're burnt out, we have depleted our resources oftentimes, especially time and (laughs) energy. And we're giving too much of out and we're giving too much out to things that aren't refueling our resources. So pausing for a second and a break is a good time to do this, to take an inventory of like, yeah, what am I spending my time, money and resources, energy on? And what can I stop? Fried fam, I tell you in nearly every episode that step one of your burnout recovery is blood work. And I know that a lot of you avoid it because it's a pain and because your doctor has told you that everything is quote unquote fine. And they refuse to test all the things that you think you need. What if I told you that you could test what you want, when you want, from your home with just a couple of drops of blood? Cyfox Health allows you to do just that. You can buy tests as one-offs or join a membership. Either way, you can test and track your results to help you make decisions about your burnout recovery journey. Get 10% off any membership, subscription, or one-time test kit right now. Go to scifoxhealth.com forward slash fried for your discount. That's S-I-P-H-O-X health.com forward slash fried. What can I stop giving to, especially the things that are just sucking me dry? You're not getting anything back from these certain things that you're doing. Like, I don't know. I was going to say cooking breakfast for your children, but I'm sure there is something that you get back from that. Some people don't, and that's okay. That's the thing. And if they don't, if you don't, then absolutely ship that, right? Yeah. Buy frozen breakfasts. Get the expensive ones if you have to, so you feel better about it. Make them organic. Who cares? You have to find ways to cut yourself some slack. Right. This is how you make the most out of your burnout recovery. Create some time, some space, some room to kind of breathe and reevaluate and be with what is. Yeah. And say, I'm ready to restore. I'm ready to like receive. I'm ready to take in. That's what rest is receiving resources, you know, saying I'm going to sleep and I'm going to figure out how I can sleep the best that I can so I can restore myself. You just said it's a beautiful sentence. Rest is receiving resources. Your job while you're the productivity of your rest is to receive 
resources. What a sentence, Sarah. Right. That's a verb. That's technically taking action, technically doing, but not in the way that we get ourselves to burn out. Receiving resources, not collecting resources, not gathering Letting resources, it in. receiving inside of you resources, which is different. Oh and I thought I, I knew I was not a good receiver for many, many years. And I had this intention to receive for a long time. And I still burnt out while setting that intention over and over and over again, because what I didn't know is that in my nervous system somewhere, I had decided that I would never get what I wanted. So why ask? Therefore, shutting down the process of receiving. I didn't, I was not conscious to that at all. It was only in this deep diving into my self-recovery work, right? Working with a therapist, kind of like, what does trauma mean? And what could be resolved? And learning about, you know, anxious attachment. And what is that? Like all these different things, this, this deep, deeper dive into myself, which maybe you can't do, you definitely can't do in three weeks, but no. you can started. <laughs> You can get started with it. It was in that process that I uncovered why I couldn't receive, even though I was setting the intention over and over and I was doing all the exercises like Qigong, where you literally are supposed to receive energy. Like that's the purpose of it. But somehow in the process, I still lost energy. Yeah. Yeah. It was like my nervous system. I had, I had, you know, whatever happened, like wired me to not receive. And I think this is a common thread, whatever the reason is for you might be different, but the state of being where you, or maybe it's like the state of doing where you are out, out, output, 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 and nothing's coming in. Fried fam, how often have you heard me tell you to update your mugs or the blanket on your couch? I am so thrilled right now to tell you that I am now partnering with Barabi, that's B-E-A-R-A-B-Y, to bring you the most comfortable and most comforting blankets on the market. Barabi offers a variety of weighted blankets, including the tree napper, which is a cooling option for those who get too hot, the velvet napper, which is made of ocean-bound plastic bottles, plus they make the Hug It, a sensory knot pillow that will help you find calm, reduce anxiety, and bring your nervous system into a more regulated state. If I were you, I'd get one yesterday. You can find them on Instagram at mybarabi or online at barabi.com. That's B-E-A-R-A-B-Y.com, and that will be in the show notes. For me, it was um, an affront to my sense of value to accept things from outside. Mm -hmm. My job was to be the giver, the provider, the helper. So taking things, getting things was bad, <laughs> just bad, just wrong, bad. So this is, we're going to move on to the next question because apparently you give us one question and we can go on forever about it. But the question that we were talking about, right, is how do I make the most of my burnout recovery? And the answers are figure out how to be comfortable being in an uncomfortable emotional state, whatever one comes up when you are attempting to rest. Try to find out 
you, again, you might not figure this out in three weeks, but something might have just sparked now while you were listening to Sarah speak. Try to find out if there is some sort of coping mechanism, trauma response, belief, something sitting in your body that prevents you from receiving resources, that prevents you from resting. And I think the the third thing is to drop the idea that it's supposed to look a certain way or that you're supposed to do it on a certain timeline. Making the most of it means being present for it, whatever it happens to be. And honestly, it's shitty sometimes. It just is. But learning to be present for that teaches you about how to be present for other things that, you know, you're never going to create a life that's totally stress-free. Whenever I see a website that's like, create your stress-free life, it makes me want to puke. Like, life is going to happen to you sometimes. Things are going to happen. Things in the world are going to happen. Things in your family are going to happen. Like, you're going to get sick. It's going to be upsetting. There's like, stress is going to happen. Some of it is really beneficial and wonderful for you. Some of it is overbearing and not so wonderful. So the the idea is to bring you to a place where your body reacts in such a way that the levels of stress that you have don't destroy you anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you can move through them. You can have a stressful experience fully go through that stressful experience, but you and move your on. body's able to come back to being present and with what is. Yeah. So that's why mindfulness is so powerful, right? It's talked about a lot. There's a lot of research that says mindfulness is important. Mindfulness is presence. Yeah. And so there's a new book. Oh yeah. Called The Power of Awe. Oh, I heard about this from your guest. Yes. Michael Amster. And his co-author, who I did not talk to, so I'm spacing on his name right now. Apologies. I could look it up, but you can find it anyway. The power of awe. And this idea that practicing moments of awe has been shown to be even more impactful than mindfulness, and it's easier to do. So remind me when this comes out to send you guys the link to the um, the power of awe expert burnout tips short episode. It's a 15-minute episode, a, a quick one that can get you that information. The author is just, what a conversation. I just loved him. So right. yes, that's important. So we're going to move on to the next question. And the next question is, have you had insert symptom here, symptom. People ask this question all the time. And the symptoms that come up are anything that you could possibly imagine. The answer is yes. (laughs) Yes. Almost anything is possible um, when you're burnt out as far as like, you know, your body giving you a signal via a symptom that like things are not okay. Right. Your body's like, what alarm bells can I send off right now? Because you're not paying attention. So I'm going to throw out this one. And how about that one? You you need to be dizzy. The room is spinning. You, you need to like lie down. I'm going to knock you out. Like your body is like, hello, please listen to me. It's going to shut down in some way, shape, or form. And Sarah and I, some of you know this, some of you may not know this. By the time you listen, maybe you're a new listener to the podcast. Sarah and I are both acupuncturists. We started our acupuncture degrees together on the very same day in sunny San Diego, California in January 2003. So we have been spending the last two decades talking about Chinese medicine all day, every day. 
And there is a concept in Chinese medicine that Sarah explains beautifully that is about the fact that your particular set of symptoms is going to match what we call a constitution in Chinese medicine, the constitution of your body. So it will match the constitution. Sarah will, the constitution. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, lowest. are we signing an independence statement right now? What is going on? Um, Sarah will explain that in a second. And it will also, you'll also notice that symptoms will pop up in places where you have created weaknesses over your lifetime. For instance, if you traveled abroad and you caught a really terrible stomach bug and you were sick for a week, chances are that your guts are going to be just a little more sensitive for the remainder of your life. It might not be something that you notice every day, but when you're burnt out, it'll be obvious. If you were in a car accident when you were 10 and you got whiplash, chances are headaches and neck tension, shoulder tension are going to be part of your burnout story because those are these are places where weaknesses have been created. This We call this a, like a lack of integrity in your body, some sort of injury, some sort of happenstance. Something happened to create from the external world, happened to create a weakness and burnout will exploit that. So it can be anything. But on a constitutional level, Sarah, why don't you explain what that means? So yeah, like you were saying, from an external level, things that happen to you kind of create these weaker spots in your body that will be more vulnerable and probably alarm bells will signal from those places when you're burnt out. But also like, so the idea of having a constitution, a certain constitution versus another is that sort of you're born into a particular element. In Chinese medicine, there's five elements and five constitutions. So when I, that's what I'm referencing, maybe more about that later, but basically you're born into a little bit of a weakness. So like you can think about when you were a baby or a young kid, infant, toddler, where did you have difficulty? Was it, was your digestive system always upset or was it your lungs? Did you have asthma from birth or was it like, did you have ear infections a lot when you were a kid? Did you get sore throats a lot? Um, did you have some learning disabilities? Did you have some physical disabilities? All of those different kinds of things that show up either right when you're born or when you're a little kid tend to point to the um, system that is your weakest. And we call that sort of your home constitution. And that is most likely also where your burnout symptoms are going to show up first or and or the loudest. So when we talk about these constitutions in Chinese medicine, we we can talk about them through uh, what we refer to as the organ system, or we can talk about them through the element. Like I was always a kid who I had a lot of like stomach issues, a lot of constipation, a lot of just like all sorts of stomach issues. The stomach in Chinese medicine, the organ system is called the spleen slash stomach. We use we use two organs for that. This does not mean your Western medical spleen or your Western medical stomach. It is an energetic system that goes along with the organ. And the element of the stomach is earth. So Sarah, if there's an earth person out there, where are they going to notice their burnout symptoms either first or most intensely? Usually any kind of digestive upset. So you might get bloated easier than normal or have some kind of abdominal pain or acid reflux or loose stools or constipation, any of those things. Um, 
Earth people also tend to be overgivers. So if you're like, just want to help, you just like, it's just, it's natural to you to be nurturing and giving and not wanting to receive. This is classic Earth element. Classic hashtag classic Earth element. <laughs> right. So we don't, we don't necessarily have to go through all of the elements today, but we want you to have this idea that it's possible that you will have a host of symptoms that are simply related to how your body was constructed. You can basically, you can kind of call this like, this is like the Chinese medicine equivalent of genetic, even though it might not actually be DNA genetic in your body, but there is some sort of constitution. There are inherent strengths and weaknesses to that constitution. The weaknesses of that constitution will be exploited during burnout. So any symptom from head to toe can be part of a burnout scenario. I have heard everything from going blind in one eye to passing out to heart attacks to just, I mean, anything you could possibly imagine. Right. And like we mentioned, you know, one tends to go to another. So like if your one system is yelling at you and you're not paying attention and that system breaks down enough, it's going to affect the other systems in your body. So as you get more and more symptoms that seem to be kind of spread throughout your body and throughout your different organ systems, it just means like the kind of the damage or like the effect is greater and deeper in your system. Until you know what I just thought of? One of, one of the things that people in, um, I, I find that there's a lot of earth people in, in burnout. And one of the things that, um, we see really commonly in people complaining about like what they're going through and then saying, Oh, I knew I was feeling better when is around reading and reading is like the spleen and stomach system are in Chinese medicine responsible for taking things in and transforming them and making them part of your body. This is food, but this is also knowledge. So if you don't have the ability to read and take things in, when I was burnt out, I would read a paragraph and have literally no recollection of what I just, like nothing. And I am a voracious reader. When I tell you I read 60, 70, sometimes 80 books a year, I'm totally, I will blow through six books in a week sometimes because I'm on a, I'm in a mood. It can happen, right? So this is one of those symptoms that I see happen a lot in, in the Facebook group. People are like, oh my God, I forgot that I couldn't stand reading anymore. Another thing that comes up is like an inability to handle music. And we relate this to the, the nervous system energy a lot. But in Chinese medicine, hearing is a kidney function, right? So this, now we're talking about the water element. And so, so there's always a way to sort of connect this and make sense of it. Um, which is why I love when people do coaching with Sarah. I don't use this as much in my coaching because I haven't spent as much time as Sarah has developing a deeper context um, for these things outside of school. Sarah did years and years and years of developing programs around these ideas. So um, her um, coaches, <laughs> her coaches have a have an extra benefit, I believe, of. Um, having her help them make ha, make their bodies make sense to them. Definitely. If that sounds good to you, I'm happy to help you with that because I love this stuff. <laughs> so much. So much. So much. So the answer to have you had X symptom is yes. Somebody in the group, 14, we're at 1,400 people in the Facebook group as we record this right now. Somebody in the group has definitely had 
this random symptom that you're having, most likely. Not to say that you shouldn't ask because no, you ask, feel, ask. it feels good to to be validated. Like I'm not alone in this and sure. man, that sucks. <laughs> and you could even pose the question of who else has a similar symptom like this? And you can, you can form little subgroups of like, who has migraines and who has IBS? Um, that would be funny. So the next question is um, to the first two questions that we asked were sort of more generic. There are questions that come up all the time in the group, things that we see constantly. And this last question was a very specific question that someone asked. And um, it was just such a, a one that is so important and is related to this constitutional idea, I, I think, and I think you agree, um, and is something that I feel like we haven't talked about yet, which blows my mind. I've talked a lot about how burnout made me really resentful and made me angry and made me not want to help people, but I didn't say it in this way. And the question is, has being burned out changed your personality? Hell yes. It's I'm back to me now. I am who I I am back to who I am now. But who mama did I change? Right. Well, there's there's like the, the resentment that gets built up where you end up being short fused and sassy and you know all those kinds of things, which comes across as a type of personality, especially when you're kind of stuck there living there for a while. But then there's also the your coping me coping mechanisms that you were living unconsciously that you developed, right? Like that people pleasing sort of, um, or over give, you know, just giving, nurturing, right? A lot of people, like I'll just say this for myself. I was super nurt. I love to nurture and take care of people. I'm not a mother, but I do it to everyone else in my life, and I am fulfilled. I was fulfilled. I thought. <laughs> by this nurturing. So everyone would say that about, about, you know, you're so nurturing, you're such a natural mother. And, but I didn't want to have kids. So I was like, this is the first clue that like, hold up. There was something driving that nurturing that wasn't actually fully from a completely healthy place. Mm -hmm. So my personality was being fueled by this like wound that I wasn't aware of until I kind of went through this burnout recovery, I'm still nurturing, but not in the ways that I was before because a boundaried nurturer is a different personality than a non-boundaried nurturer, for example. I have a question about this because I don't think that the majority of people in my life feel a difference in my personality from before, you know, like, from before burnout and now, but I know that it's different because I don't give the same way. And I say no to a lot more things. And like, I, I know that my giving is different. I keep myself out of a lot more situations. I don't get as, in, as involved in things, but I don't think anybody else knows. Like, I don't, I, I think that these, the parts of your personality that are natural to you and then enhanced by some sort of trauma or coping mechanism, when you change them, you often feel like it's super drastic. And you're like, these people are reacting really poorly. No, that person probably just had a bad day. They don't even notice. Like pe people don't always, sometimes they do. 
right? And sometimes they notice because you're going through the transition before you're really ready. So the boundaries you're putting up are more electric fences than they are uh, lovely pieces of information. You're you're attempting to make the change, but you don't actually believe it or feel it yet. So the boundaries you put up are harsh and a little dangerous for for people. So yeah, of course, and noticeable. And noticeable. noticeable. Yeah, noticeable. Right. People you're trying to set boundaries with. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But I don't think that anybody that's known me for my life would like thinks that it's different now. Yeah, that's interesting. I knew you before. Hmm. Like, I don't think you're, I I don't think that you're nurturing. I know that there are boundaries on it now, but it, your energy is not different. Hmm. It's still the same nurturing energy. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, like you said, this is related to constitution. So like when you talk about the five elements and people's kind of tendent natural tendencies like desires the way they are in the world there is a personality that kind of goes with each kind of element um in a way that they the way that you do things and um so yeah i think there is something to that home right like you said i'm i'm back you know yeah. i what in burnout you weren't not you weren't just resentful but probably you were also lacking some joy like you know couldn't be grateful you're yeah. probably you were like i didn't talk we weren't talking much at that time so i don't even can't even speak to exactly how you were, but a lot of people, right. They're like, I can't feel joy. I just have this like flat affect and, you know, bleh, like I can't even like, yeah, I got nothing. Not even riding an up and down. I'm just blah. Yeah. So I, that's one of the things I think this question is actually is asking because they haven't come out the other side yet is like when you're burnt out, is your personality different? And yes, like your yeah. brain's not functioning. Yeah. You know, your executive functioning is very limited. And I forget, do you remember which part of the brain is provides personality? I don't think that there's a one part of the brain. Well, you know how there's like uh there's these conditions that happen where like or like people will have seizures or end up having a tumor or some kind of thing that like presses on their brain in a particular area and it changes their personality. Like changes yeah. in the brain can make your pre pre personality present in different ways. And so I'm, if we're considering yeah. burnout, a condition that affects your brain and it is your personality is affected by it because of all the effects that are happening physiologically inside of you. And I don't think it changes forever. I think yeah. when you start to receive resources again and your like your resources start to come back. Now you have the, you know, the wood in your body and someone like there's joy that can be sparked and then a fire can burn in your heart. And this little sparkle comes back to your eyes and you can hear birds singing and nature's all around, you know, like you come, you regain your vitality. It's like you get all the resources you need to feed the garden of your body, the sun, the water, the soil, the nutrients, the fertilizer, all those things. And then you come back to life to your home constitution and most likely with some better tools and, you know, coping strategies and kind of a different mode of operation to lead you through life. Even if you still have those same kind of like um, tendencies or like desires, kind of passions that fuel your choices. 
one of the things that I love about Chinese medicine is that there's always like the middle ground is always the right ground. Like there's too much of something is bad and too little of something is bad. And and that counts for everything. Too much anger is bad. Too little anger is also bad. Right. So we there's there's always this idea of the idea of moderation is is built into Chinese medicine. And I think that there's this um this the that your personality the places that you were overdoing it turned into toxic patterns for you over time, but that doesn't mean you have to eliminate them. It right. means you have to moderate them. So one of the, the number one rule of fried certified guides and burnout coaches is we never demonize your coping mechanisms. This is our number one rule. This is the the center of everything we do is we are not judging you. We are not demonizing you. We are not deciding that the coping mechanism that you chose as a four-year-old is somehow bad, right? Because it's not bad. There's probably some situations where it's useful. So how do we use your natural tendencies in a way that still allows you to be full? in a way that allows you to be present with yourself, in a way that is good for you. We don't want you to eliminate it totally because not using it is not good either. Like people-pleasing is is a huge topic in burnout. It's a huge topic everywhere right now, really. But people-pleasing is this huge thing, and it's like, well, you can't people-please. Well, you can a little bit. Like we don't be jerks to one another. Right. We want to we want to care for each other, and part of that is knowing what somebody needs and trying to offer it to them sometimes. But you should be able to sit with someone else's discomfort without trying to fix it because you're uncomfortable with it. Right? You should be able to offer help and be okay with. The fact that it may or may not be accepted or needed. There's there's a way to show up for people that is beneficial to you both. Instead of feeling like, how many people, like raising hand emoji, have a person in their lives that gives them so much it makes them feel terrible? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. Which that can be a receiving problem. It also can be an overgiving problem on the other side. So we don't want to eliminate your problems. I think that's bullshit. We want to sort of scoot you back into an alignment with yourself so that you have access to the best of in a good way. Right. We don't want to eliminate your personality or tell you, you have to be someone different. We want you to just be able to accept your natural talents and strengths and desires and go with them and, and cut and and stop doing the things that really don't resonate with you and find a balance with it. Find a healthy, moderate, like win-win place with it between you and others. Yeah. Amen to that. All right, fried fam. That's 
Sarah and I, answering random questions that have come up in the Facebook group. Should you want us to do more episodes like this, please let us know. You, We can scour through the Facebook group and look for questions. You can also submit questions that you would like us to answer in a longer form. Sometimes in the Facebook group, we'll answer your question, but we're not going into a lot of nuance. This is a free group and we spend as much time in there as either of us can afford energetically. But we don't always have time to write you the book that we would like to write to some of your questions. <laughs> right. It's easier to speak it sometimes than to it's, write it. It yeah. can be easier to speak it, especially when we're together and we can feed off of one another. So if there are some things, if you like this format first, please let us know. And second, if you, if there are things that you would like us to answer in this format to have a longer conversations about, um, please tell us that. You can send those in the group. You can send us an email. You can fill in the form, the contact form on Fried's webpage. We will get them in all of those different places without problem. And I'm sure we will have fun answering those things for you and getting you what you need. Absolutely. Thanks for listening, y'all. See you next time. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Got each other on our side, plus all the folks at Fried the Burnout Podcast with Kate Donovan.